Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. Please be aware of spoilers, otherwise you may find out that Kiki saves Tombo from the rogue dirigible. That's right. <laughs> this week we're discussing the beautiful and scary films of Studio Ghibli. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good. Yeah. Excited Good. to talk about these movies. I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm confused and scared. Well, well, that's what I, mean, I felt during some of them. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's the point of some of them. So let's talk that's about true. it. Um, okay, let's start off. What's your guys' relationship with Studio Ghibli? For me, I saw Howl's Moving Castle when I was in high school. I actually saw it when I was living. Um, I did a student exchange to Quebec for three months. So actually, the first time that I saw it was in French, which is kind of funny. And just one of my friends there was, like, totally obsessed with this movie. And I also very much enjoyed it. And then um, I think the next time I saw one was, like, much later, like, probably in my 20s. And I've always meant to watch all of them and just kind of never have. And so when they all got added to Netflix, I was really excited because I wanted to watch them all. Um, I, uh, uh, it's always been on my radar. It always, it always comes up, technically speaking, uh, like in school and, you know, the odd time it's been touched on and everything. Um, I think I had to write a paper once that was, um, I think it was about, it might've been like, I think it was Cowboy Bebop and Akira or something like that. And I had to make reference to these other styles of, of, of making in Japan. Mm. Uh, but, um, I had not actually watched any of them until we planned this show. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. And uh, I thought about doing it one time a few years ago when Ellen's cousin lived with us, and because uh, she was super <laughs> into them, but that I, it never took. So, what about you, uh, Sean? I like embarrassingly enough didn't watch any until this week, or this last couple weeks, I guess, until they were added to Netflix. But there was always the trailer for Kiki's Delivery Service uh, on a VHS tape that I used to always watch. So I knew of that one uh, and the sort of strange song that plays at the very end because it plays over the trailer. And I was curious about it, but, you know, obviously never got my hands on it until now. Here we go. Exciting. And also, that film is stands apart from the other films I watched this week because... Mm-hmm. I don't know, the the darker elements are not there. It's actually just so sweet and... Whimsical. Uh, whimsical. Yeah. Yeah, I love that film. Mm-hmm. I should have I watched it when I was younger. Um, okay, so everyone in this film, er, every film that we watched this week, all have like a variety of strange creatures just woven between every scene. What are the some of them that stick out to you? Okay, well, I think... So this is one thing that I wanted to ask you guys about. Is, like, how much do you guys know about Shinto, the religion? Like, like, like minus three? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think yeah. that will greatly impact people's viewership of these movies. Because... Japan is not a very religious country at all, but 80% of the countries still operate. They are. They're, like, one of the lowest down on the, I think it's, like, 24% are, like, technically religious, practicing religious. But the thing about Shinto is that it's a huge cultural element. And so Mm -hmm. um, 80% of people live according to, or, like, have some kind of traditional Shinto values incorporated in their life. And so um, the, the spirit world and the role of spirit and um, what are called kami, which is like the word for God, but also spirit, like we don't really have a word for it in English, is like very significant to these films. And so that's like, a, like most of the kind of creatures that you interact, that we see in these movies are like spirits of some kind. So I feel like like sort of an understand it it's hard to sort of fully understand from our kind of western viewpoint like how some of this stuff operates and kind of like what it means so that's something that i think is interesting but yeah that being said there are so many fascinating and weird and like sometimes scary and so cute um like spirits or creatures that um pop up in these films um obviously totoro is one of the cutest things who's ever existed um, and is he the big Big, yeah. large one. Yeah, he's Totoro. Okay. 
Okay. He's Totoro, yeah. and then he just has, like, his little minions, his two little minions who are, like, smaller versions of him. <laughs> right? Um, I also love... Um, I don't think you guys watch this one, but in Princess Mononoke, there are these little forest sprites that have these, like, round heads, and their heads, like, spin. They all have little dots on their heads, and then they make this, like, clicking sound. Um, yeah. I actually love No-Face from Spirited Away. I think oh, he's yeah. so cute. Until he turns. Oh, really? but yeah, I love even he, after he turns. When he uh, tries no, to uh, give things to people, and he makes yeah. that, like, ah, ah. <laughs> did you guys like, watch, okay, did you guys watch the English version of that one? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The sound in Japanese is way cute. It's less creepy. I it's was like, like I was, yeah. It's like a little <laughs> sigh. Once, anyway, once you see No Face's mouth, mm-hmm. like that, like that, just like it's disgusting. Like I couldn't unsee the mouth after I saw it, and even if he was just, he, even if it, it was just standing there, I could, I could tell its little weird mouth was just like was below its mask, just below the surface. Yeah, I love Ugh. him though, and I love. Because I love that he seems scary, but then Chihiro just understands that he's not. Anyway. He's not. What oh, he's are some terrifying. of your favorite peripheral creatures? Um, uh, I, okay. You go. Okay, well, okay. Uh, I just I, I just finished watching it, and I cannot remember anyone's name. But um, Billy Crystal as the fire, mm. whatchamacallism, in uh, oh. in Howl's Castle. Cal Shaffer. Yes, thank you. Wow, um, that's Billy Crystal? Yeah. Yeah. There's, these we'll talk about the the, the cast. Yeah, the English dubs. Absolutely the English dubs are star studded. You it's guys, it's insane. Yeah, and you know that uh, Batman was the was Howl, right? Yeah, yeah. and actually, yeah. just as a this might come up later. Well, it will come up later, but yeah, yeah you're right. I'll talk about it later. Yeah. Anyway, but um, uh, I I really just like the the sort of practicality of that character and how he kind of is sort of a prisoner, but not. And he's really helpful, but only if you treat him right. And he kind of just sort of complains the whole time. And I thought it was really charming. And, you know, they'd be like, oh, heat me up a bath and do these other things. And he'll do it. And he's just kind of grumpy about it. But actually, he's doing a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. By the end, you find he's sort house. of... He's doing the whole thing. Um, and, you know, it, it's it, that was the third film I watched this week. And uh, you, you sort of just... For a lot of these relationships, they don't matter a ton. They just, like, you know, come and go sometimes, or they're not super relevant to the narrative. Whereas in Howl's Moving Castle, it, that's almost what it's all about. So uh, I, I did appreciate, like, that getting more intense as the story went on. I love yeah. him. And Sophie's moving yeah. him, and he almost goes out, and he's just like, Sophie, no! Yeah, <laughs> so much yelling. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point, Jer, because one of the things I love about these movies is the way that you kind of just, like, move through the narrative and people just come in and kind of, like, contribute one thing and then, Mm -hmm. like, exit the story. And that relationship Mm -hmm. to, like, that people have with all these creatures or, like, people that they find along the way, I love that. Mm. What about you, Sean? Um, So, um, mine that I appreciate are from Spirited Away, where there's a ton of spirits. Mm -hmm. But there's, like, there's some... There's ones that they don't even speak, or they're barely part of the story, but they're these weird bouncing, like, fat ducks that are just sort of bouncing in the background. They (laughs) look like a Tim Burton, like, like from the, the, like, Penguin's Minions, and they're just bouncing around in the background, and you're just like, why aren't we even referencing these, like, cute rubber ducks? Mm. Um, Also, there's a scary... Oh, yeah. The first person that Chihiro helps in that is this big smelly like slime monster and everyone is just like they insist on having him as a customer but everyone's really grossed out by him and he just like slumps through the (laughs) through the bathhouse to go and get a bath they're just like such weird disturbing characters Mm -hmm. but everyone's so understanding about their their limitations and their faults and there's it's just so Everyone is so imaginative. They're great. Well, because I think that's part of the, like, worldview that I really appreciate is that everything has its place and purpose. And, you do like, spirits just are what they are and they, like, mean something. Like, it just, it's so contextual. And I just find it so fascinating how intricately and how, like, connect interconnected the whole world is in, yes. in that worldview. Yeah, there is something that, that's, like... 
the vibe that I love about these is that everything's mm-hmm. so life affirming and everyone is so inherently good and just trying to like uh, conquer like tribulations. Um, and like there is all this darkness, but none of it is like people are evil or anything. It's just like weird, freaky stuff, but you just have to understand them and then they're not very scary. Yeah, and the darkness often comes from things being out of balance, especially in an environmental sense. Like, the darkness usually indicates that something is out of sorts or out of order, and that you can reestablish order somehow. Uh, And see, I by the end of watching all these, I almost felt the opposite, where I was more annoyed about them not... Like, like when... um, Oh, God, I gotta forget. In House... The the woman in the house movie, Castle Sophie. What's her real name, though? Isn't, doesn't you have two names? They all have two names. Yeah, yeah everyone gets a, do- a dual yeah, name. Yeah, it doesn't. We'll call her Sophie. But uh, like, I'm just like sitting here being like, you should freak out more about your circumstances right now. But she's just like, oh, we're gonna have to, gonna have to walk out of the city as an old lady because that's uh, that's the way it went down, you know. And uh, it, well, in Kiki's, the utter lack of conflict was. I, I was on edge the entire time. I was just waiting <laughs> for like, it's coming. It's coming. I was. I, was, I know her um, conflict is like, oh, I need to deliver this pie, but it's almost six. <laughs> and everyone's her just conflict like, is, I'm oh a thirteen year old girl who has to operate in the world alone in a capitalist yeah, society, what, and I don't understand. What What's the whole deal with the Japanese? Like it comes up again and again. Pokemon, Digimon, Dragon Ball Z. It's like, okay, you're twelve. Get out of the house and go get out there. Go go get them. You know, it, like it. It's a fictional thing, as far as I know, but it comes up a lot. Mm. Like, people being children cutting and the, having to go... Cutting the tweens loose. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe they're over it. So, yeah, I think I was talking about, but Crisis is, like, a big part of these mm. films. And just, like, how people uh, solve problems. What are, like, some of the the big problems that you enjoyed our protagonists solving? There's well, less so in Kiki, as you mentioned. But. Yeah, less in Kiki. <laughs> um, like my there's favorite crisis is when there's a party at six and she's got to deliver that fish pie. Um, <laughs> the Well, one thing that I enjoy about these films is Miyazaki's um, obsession, I would say, with environmentalism and with um, his concerns around um, industrialization and late capitalism and all kinds of complicated things. Um, so I think it's really interesting when... It's like he often frames it as like a personal crisis within this like larger crisis. So um, I don't know. I can't think of a great example, but like so I would say Spirited Away is a story about like things being out of balance. Um, But like her fundamental crisis at the center of that film is that her parents have been turned into pigs and that she has to basically go into indentured servitude um, to a bathhouse to like somehow then free her parents and it's just like i don't know that's like that's if you just hear it like that you're like oh her parents have been turned into pigs and now she has to go work at a bathhouse like that doesn't sound like an interesting film but it's so interesting but yeah it's also like how is this going to help in the long run anyway (laughs) Mm -hmm. but but that's the thing is like i don't know i really like his his sort of like it is almost dreamlike or nonsensical where things don't really make sense and they they have an internal logic, but it's this kind of dream logic where, like, you do just kind of move forward and things just kind of happen and you kind of just have to... The, the protagonist has to just go with it and, like, kind of do the right thing as things come up and that ends up being what solves the problem. So it's not necessarily like, okay, so my parents are pigs, so I have to do X and then they won't be pigs anymore. It's like... She starts working at the bathhouse and then all of these different things come up. The, the stuff with Haku, the stuff with the baby. Like, it's so, I don't know. It's so narratively complex. Sorry, Sean. I'm not really answering your question. I'm kind no, of no, just no. rambling. No, no, go. Um, uh, yeah. It, well, to jump on Sonya, and this is, yeah, so. Yeah, Stop jumping well, on I'm her. Gonna, uh, no, I'm going to do it. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to go on board and say, I'm not sure if this is an accurate statement from me, mm-hmm. but I think so. I did not like Spirited Away. That's shocking. What? It's the best one. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, um, I, I feel like it almost would have been better if it was like a series of shorts with just characters, because I always felt that the status quo was just re... Every scene, nothing that happened mattered. 
Like, we're learning about these people, but it's almost like a comic book where it gets reset every single time. You know, and it's just like this this weird mix of... Because the status quo is always, I need to save my parents from being pigs. And she doesn't really work... I mean, she's a 10-year-old. I'm not I'm not saying that she should be the, the hero of this journey or whatever. But uh, I, I feel like, you know, like they, they say no face is, is taking over the building and everything's awful. And then you find out he's just eaten three people and it's not a big deal. And he vomits them out anyway. And all she needed to do was just, like get a thing that we only heard about a scene before to make someone happy to try and get out. Like it just, I don't know. And I, I think it's part of this sort of like free flowing and complex thing because there's so much going on that there's like not a lot of character building in terms of the main character. If I that makes any sense. couldn't agree less. <laughs> but like we learn, we learn about her and we learn that she's a good person, but like, yeah, I think this one you know, is definitely one of the ones that was very, like you said, extreme dream logic. But mm-hmm. it just was like each scene was so beautiful. When she goes, oh yeah, the part when she's on the train with mm. No Face and like the ghosts. I guess this will come into like animation later. But and everyone's just kind of ghosting around, and it's like it was such a beautiful scene. I did tear up. It was so yeah. I, I was like, this is incredible. The sequence. It's so beautiful. And I think the thing, Jer, is like, it's not it's not the same linear plot structure that we're used to. Mm-hmm. But she grows. Like, she basically grows in understanding that she has the power to, like, change the world as it exists. And she grows in understanding that, like, like she grows a confidence in herself that she has the ability to, like, do what needs to be done, basically. Because right. every single every single interaction she has, like, builds on one another and she builds up that confidence of, like, oh, I just need to, like, take the next step and sort of do mm-hmm. the correct thing in the moment and then, and, and, like, form these relationships with people and be kind to people when I meet them and not make assumptions. Like, it's all of these kind mm-hmm. of smaller lessons that she builds yeah. up. It's not, and also I think this is the other thing about our sort of Western perspective is that the focus is also on the collective a lot more than the individual. So it's like not just the important thing isn't just her growth as an individual. It's about the impact that we have on the collective experience of everyone around us. Yeah. But but what I'm saying, is, and I'm not I'm not saying she doesn't grow because that's not the but just like the sheer one. One good example is the sheer amount of of things that we see and experience, which is really cool in how this bathhouse works, like finding out, you know, all these interweaving sort of elevators and different things that get the staff around visually is incredible and like they have that altercation with that giant thing in the elevator oh yeah the turn you know like demon or like yeah he's a turnip he's a stinky turnip man but like you know we're we're developing character we understand how these people interact and what they believe in but like we could have just gone up the elevator Right, like, like yeah, but why? I, like why would a... you want to not have the stinky turnip man? Also, yeah, he I ends up that. saving her from discovery. Like, he's every single person she meets is instrumental to her yeah. journey. I'm just saying they do it 89 times. Yeah, that's literally the beauty <laughs> like, of the like, film. I think I know, it's just like, a, a preference thing at this point because maybe. you're so keen for it to like get somewhere, and the whole point is literally the journey. But I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. Do you guys believe that Spirited Away is a parable about disordered eating? Also. <laughs> that's mostly a joke but literally there were so many <laughs> things where like people are trying to jam food into someone's mouth and they're like no like that well, i think it's like about greed like times. i think greed is kind of the yeah. yeah yeah i think it's i think it's about like greed and and con- um consummation um Ooh. like consumerism and um uh, yeah, like, but I am so fascinated in the way that he depicts the care with which he depicts food and like Oh, it's so interesting. There's food, so much interesting food, food, food in these and airplanes. Movies. Yeah, food and airplanes. Yeah, he loves airplanes. That's yeah. what Ghibli is named after. It's mm-hmm. like a, a plane or something. Did yeah. I research it that much? Not really. I, um, I did two pieces of research myself about it. Because I actually I watched it all I was trying to figure out whether it's Ghibli or Ghibli. Yeah. And honestly, the the reality is that it's complicated and can be yes. both. Yes. So uh, I I I would from what I have read and watched it is undoubtedly ghibli well the original so the original 
uh, Arabic word that it comes from, which means yeah. like hot wind, is Ghibli with a hard G. Right. But yeah. he has always said Ghibli. Yeah. And the, um, what's it called? The Like the character itself, when you write it out, would be like Djibouti, basically. So yeah. it's Djibouti. Well, let's, let, let's, let's draw a line in the sand here. I, I am a man named Jeremy who spells it with a G. Yeah. It's it's Ghibli. But we also call you Hot Wind as well. Yeah, Hot Wind over here. Um, do you guys prefer... Okay, so this is what happened to me when I watched Howl's Castle. I watched the first half in Japanese with subtitles, mm. which I like to do, but I just thought that that was how the films were. And then halfway through, I was researching it and found out that Christian Bale was a voice... Like, all of these people were voices, and I was like, that is not true from the version I'm in. And then I switched to English, and then I watched, like, ten minutes of the English and switched it back to Japanese because I didn't appreciate the English version. I thought the calcifer was way better in Japanese, and so was the... I forget his name. Oh, Howl, literally <laughs> the main character. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what do you guys think? Yeah, I would say I prefer subs to dubs, subtitles to the dubs, um, just because I do want to see what I want to see the original film, and then. But I think what I would like to do honestly is probably watch both and for all of them and compare because I did watch yeah. mostly the English versions this week just because um, I was having trouble paying attention fully and. Um, sometimes the subtitles are hard for me if that's the only way I'm consuming it, so I like to do both. Um, but yeah, I really, I think that they are different. But one of the things that's so interesting is the crazy star-studded casts that they have in the English versions when they did the Disney versions. Because do you know who the little girls were in Totoro? No. It, it's the Fanning sisters. Oh. Yeah, Dakota and Elle. Because I was watching it and I was like, oh, these voices sound so familiar. Who are these kids? Like, it's just some random kids, I think. And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, damn. Um, it's, and like it's Claire, pretty clear those voice actors are half the budget. Yeah, so. Claire Danes is Princess Mononoke. Um, and Kirsten Dunst else? is Kiki. Kirsten, yes, Kirsten Dunst mm -hmm. is Kiki. Like it's, it's interesting. So like I don't know. I guess that could be an added appeal for some people. But I do like hearing it in the Japanese. Uh, I didn't even think of it, and I just hit play, <laughs> and it just it just went. Just went. And when I, well, and when I looked, you know, like it gave me all of the. North American releases, like the information about. So mm -hmm. I was, you know, I was like, is that Christian Bale? It is Christian Bale. And then I just sort of carried on from there. I was weirded uh, out by that because I was like, this is a, like, everyone's so horny for Howell, like the entire film. Yeah. And then just like to hear his, like, Batman voice, I was yeah. like, this is not who I expected it to be. <laughs> I wanted, like, uh, a sort of, I don't know. I, it was just, it was not, I was not expecting it. Also, he's so pretty in that style of anime it's, men, and it's, it's just it's kind of doesn't All of the boys are so pretty. <laughs> I know, it's I love too it. Much. I love yeah. it. Except for the baker's husband. In oh, yeah. Kiki's. He's He's cute. the only... There's a lot of big like big men with mustaches, but he stands out as like a, like a burly, manly man, who for quite some time I thought was her son. Um, That's funny. <laughs> just because they didn't really outline. I don't no, even know they didn't. Um, <laughs> I love this, the way okay. I... Sorry, I love the way he draws burly men. Like, the dad in Spirited Away is just squares. He's just, like, a bunch of squares. <laughs> His butt is square, everything. And, yeah, there's a whole scene where she's just standing behind him watching him walk, and his butt is, like, front and center. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay, let's, speaking of animation, um, yeah, I want to talk about how some of these people are drawn, because mm. he's, or, I don't know if he, the animators have a thing with older women in the films that I've seen. Where they are drawn so garish and horrible and disgusting, like so. In I think you're just bringing. I think you're just bringing your opinion to that, Joe. No, I'm not. Okay, so the <laughs> in Howl's Castle, the Witch of the Waste. She's mm -hmm. very intimidating when we first see her, but she mm -hmm. is just like all. She's so many rolls and like big blue eyeshadow. And then there's a point where she's forced to walk up a bunch of stairs, and she is just. Sweat is oozing out of every <laughs> I love that part. every roll, and she, she's her makeup is melting off, and it's like it was so gross. And honestly, oh, and then in Spirited Away, there's another old lady. I forget mm -hmm. her name. She's like kind of the the villainess. Yo, Bob, 
Baba? Yeah. yeah. Baba? Is that yeah. Her? And her her head and nose are as big as Chihiro. Yeah. She, like, her pr- proportions are nuts. She's got that big but, hair blob on top. But but she's, that, that's not a human woman, though, right? Like, that's no, she's uh, a witch. That, I know, but, like, so- something. nobody else is drawn so disgustingly besides women over the age of 50 in these films. Well, I think it's because a lot of them are witches, and it's supposed to be, like, a an external reflection of their inner selves their inner decrepitude but yeah you're right it is a it's a choice um (laughs) it's definitely a choice i really i one thing i really like is the way he he chose to depict um the young women in both um spirited away and totoro um because uh just they they look like actual children (laughs) it's like part of it like you know they're not like he's not trying to make them like beautiful and um you know hyper feminized in a lot of ways um he they they look like little kids and i like that um yeah i don't know i really i i find the way that he um animates people fascinating okay we'll come back Uh, to this after the break um yeah yeah, so it is time to take a break please gorge yourself on mounds of delectable food made by ghosts we will be back on 91.3 fm cjtr regina community radio we are back on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. We will be back talking Studio Ghibli in a minute, but first we'll play a little game lovingly called The Game. It's game time, people! Oh. I thought you... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I thought you had something. <laughs> I was waiting. Well, I, you, you, I have you, you guys... Okay, well, we're, we're here and it doesn't matter. For those who don't know or if you're just tuning in, The Game is where I spend like five minutes this week looking for a title... Related to our topic that these two have not seen, I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a great time. Are you guys ready to play the game? Yes. This week's title is The Wind Rises. The Wind Rises. The Wind Rises. Okay, I think this is about um, a family living in a small seaside town, obviously near a forest. Um, and the young girl who's like about 11 or 12, um, there's a mysterious wind that starts happening, like just these like crazy windstorms that come in the night. Um, and they have like maybe a melancholy kind of voice to them too. So it's like, hmm, wonder where this is coming from. And so the young girl has to venture into the forest and try and identify what's going on. There's probably a forest spirit who is angered by some kind of industrial development Um, and then she sort of has to go through a, like, spiritual journey, uh, to restore balance and, um, appease the wind spirit. Maybe there's planes. Oh, I'll bet there's planes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna say there's probably planes. Thank you, thank you, Sonia, thank you. Uh, Sean? So, mine is about a young girl, about 11 or 12 (laughs) as well. Um, and, uh, she encounters um this infamous uh fart demon who has been keeping her family up and they (laughs) uh they you know she then she goes on an adventure to try and like appease the demon she makes a lot of friends uh to help battle the demon and uh and goes on a bit of a dietary journey as well and it's very sweet wow okay thank you thank you um, obviously elements of both of yours were quite close, but, uh, uh, you know, you were, you you know, you're hit and miss. Uh, so this 2013 Studio Ghibli film, uh, is kind of unique in that it's sort of about a person who was actually alive, uh, Jiro Hokushori, who, uh, became a pilot and then plane designer into World War II. So the film starts in 1918 and then ends in 1945 after the bombs have dropped. Uh, so it looks, it lo- actually looks really interesting. I'll probably watch it next. Um, and uh, instead of getting deeper into uh, what it's about, I'm just going to read you the list of people in this movie. Okay. Are you wow. guys ready? Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Oh, sorry. This is for the English. So, yeah. so just, yeah, yeah. So it's just to show how much funding it got from that particular side. <clears throat> Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, Martin Short, Werner Herzog, William H. Macy, uh, May Whitman, Mandy Patinkin, Jennifer Grey, Stanley Tucci, May Whitman, Elijah Wood. Dang. What? Wow. What? 
That's some production that costs in, right there. An insane cast. Um, I assume that, like, all characters, like, they're only in it for a little bit mm. and then move on, especially with the movement of time. But uh, if you're into this, I think you should probably check it out. Uh, the game is, of course, lovingly brought to you by the biggest theater, at town, sit, theater in town, standing tall at half a Zeppelin dirigible high, <laughs> uh, the <laughs> Kramer IMAX Theater at the Saskatchewan Science Center is... One of the best places to go watch movies, and soon, so very soon. So very be... soon. In fact, I went to a second film in theater. <gasps> this wow. Week. I went to Jaws. Sean, Sean. How was Ooh. that? It was, it was great. It was really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, there's also something else going on at CJTR. What mm-hmm. is that? Uh, uh, Regina Community Radio needs your support. Buy or renew a membership during the 2020 CJTR membership drive. On now and running until August 14th. With many businesses suffering during this COVID economy, CJTR's value business partners have been forced to reduce their advertising dollars. While CJTR has taken steps to tighten our belts, there is a very real possibility of community radio disappearing. No. We don't want that. Did you know that? What's that? We don't want that. Oh, okay. I thought you said, how about that? And how I was like, that? oh my god. How about <laughs> how that, about y'all? That? Is that what you how want? <laughs> uh, did you know that one of the best ways to support 91.3 FM CJR, CJTR Regina Community Radio during these tough times is to buy a membership? Every, every new or renewed membership will receive a lawn or window sign showing your support for the station, plus lots of cool benefits tied to each membership level. Uh, while supplies last. So they, they are running out, and I just heard that there's only four left, so hurry. <laughs> Whatever wow. those supplies may be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, help us weather the storm and show, share, shout your support for People Powered Radio. Buy a membership online today and reap the benefits and get a lawn and window sign and help secure our future. Visit yes. cjtrca slash membership for full, full details to buy or renew your membership today. Do uh, it. I want these microphones to continue being in front of us, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, As opposed to okay, anywhere else. Okay, let's get back to the studio. Um, we were talking about animation. Is there anything else you guys would like to speak of? I would like to bring up um, when Kiki gets on her broom mm. and she's mm-hmm. about to start flying and the wind just, like, like comes from below... And just like hits her hair and uh, black cloak in such a way, it is so. It's so amazing. I love that. I love whenever she does a little flying. Mm. Um, I I think with like without question, uh, every, everything is is super beautiful. Like it, like it's it is hard to not. It is it is hard to talk about the clouds and not talk about the way the broom moves in the wind. Like like everything has such detail. Mm. Everything is animated so perfectly. Uh, a part of me in watching these, especially after watching Kiki, I was like, why are they animating this? And in Spirited Away, it's a little more little more clear because so much of it would have to have been faked or you know it'd be like a Muppet show or you know some sort of CGI something thing. But um, uh, so your question think, is like, why isn't this a live action movie? Uh, yeah, for a few of them, and I think it's ultimately about he's that controlling, and he needs everything to look that beautiful. Yeah, like like there, there's no mundane anything ever, right? Like everything is something all the time, and I think that that's why I think so. He can go through frame by frame and make sure it's perfect. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that also is just like the art that he's making like i i don't know i think that's kind of an interesting question i don't look at like van gogh and go like why isn't that a sculpture <laughs> oh i think about that all the time interesting um yeah oh yeah absolutely i yeah i'm just i think i think it is what you're talking about jerry he just is building this level of meticulous perfection yeah. where he he's He's creating and, and managing every single thing you see. I think that's totally true. Yeah. Um, one of the things I love that he does is to insert these moments of peace and quiet into his films. So, like, even amidst the chaos of Spirited Away, that moment on the train is a moment for it all to kind of just, like, sink in and for you to internalize what you're watching. And I just love how it's, like, yeah, you're watching a movie where, like, <laughs> she's a 10-year-old working in a bathhouse and she has to 
get the water running so she can wash off this giant sludge monster. But then, mm-hmm. like, ten seconds later, or, like, ten minutes later, you're just like, oh, it's just a beautiful painting in the middle of this film. Like, it's just these beautiful mm. landscapes, and, um, yeah. I mean, I don't even, know how much there is to say, but it's just, like, it's so, you even, kind of, it's so stunning. But even when, like, uh, like when they pull the, because it's not a, it's like a dragon or spirit or something, right? It's just dirty. It's not actually a Yeah, he's a river, monster. he's a river spirit. Yeah, but when they pull out, like, all of the the gunk and, like, bikes and carts and everything, I was, like, wide-eyed just Mm -hmm. because, like, it's it's incredible to see, like, that level of detail and, you know, like, like, someone thousands of times drew a shopping cart perfectly so that it looked that way, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like, it's just an incredible... Yeah, it's 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 amazing. It is a piece. A lot of yeah, I feel like you could find any still from any of these films and just like print it, put it on your wall. Yeah, and because it is, it's all every part of it is art. Um, mm. What qualities does a Ghibli lead like a protagonist contain? Because all the gals are very mm. yeah. Like to me. All of them are so just like resilient and determined and plucky. What else? Mm-hmm. What else do these gals have? Uh, they, they. I think they all have to be like truly good to the core mm-hmm. of themselves, uh, to the point where, like, you know, like when Kiki gets mad at herself, it actually has a negative impact on her actual powers in life, mm. right? Like, I don't know if that's actually the the cause of what occurred, but I mean. Yeah, that's sort of was that like a mental was. health allegory or like a, a just a growing old, yeah, a growing up I, thing? I think it's, I don't know. yeah, I think it has to do with like, yeah, believing in your ability to do the thing. But, but it happened when she got, it happened when she got jealous or mad, right? That was the, because uh, she, she meets, I cannot remember anyone's name. Janine and Raffle? then they're going to go. <laughs> no, before that. But they're going to go on a tour of the dirigible, and she doesn't want to go. Uh, like, she gets upset, and then she gets sick. So, you know, and then it's after... God, now I can't remember. It's after that she can't fly, I think, or hear yeah. her cat. That was sad. But, that yeah. Sad. I think she basically gets, like, burnt out, and it's because she does... Well, I think maybe the message there is also that she doesn't have, like, a true purpose or whatever. She, like, kind of mm-hmm. loses sight of her her goal and her purpose, mm-hmm. and so that's, like, what undermines it, but yeah. Um, but, but I think there's something also to be said to leaving it open, yeah. to Because, you know, now we're trying to figure out what it was, and it could have been anything, right? Like, yeah. It could have been the cold, it could have been, like, all these different factors, but it still, you know, worked as a very dramatic moment in how she acts when this happens, so... I do think, and like, I, all of the protagonists, at least in the films that I've seen, kind of go through this process of, like, realizing the way the world is or sort of, like, becoming acquainted with the world in a new way um, mm-hmm. that I find really interesting. Um, I think they're often... They often demonstrate the character of, like, helping other people. You know, like, it's that thing of every little little spirit or creature that they meet, they're like, oh, yeah, like, I will work on this with you or, like, fix this for you or help you with this or take you in or let you be my companion or whatever it is. Like, it's just that, like, open-heartedness kind of that I think is mm-hmm. part of what makes these movies so touching. Is like, there's yeah. connection everywhere. Oh, mm-hmm. the connection is so sweet. I like all of these... Everyone assembles a sort of ragtag crew of like <laughs> friendships and allies that help them and a lot of them like at one point were an antagonist but they've then sort of like changed their mind or become better and they just stick with the main character from then on and it's just so i love how it's just like things aren't black and white and people can change and like the witch of the waste can some now be a, a shrunken little old lady that is with you the rest of the the trip mm-hmm. i know mm-hmm. i love i love how there's always just like shades four, of gray yeah four friends that she the main character doesn't need but is just like helpful and you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i i don't know how to explain it. i i would like to know about more about the frog guy 
from Spirited Away. Like, well, they're all uh, frogs. All the men are frogs and all the women are slugs, but the women look human. I don't oh, know is why. that what those women are? I yeah, do not know. Are, is it, were. were they frogs? Because no, there's the one who looks frogs. like. I know, but there's one, like the first guy that No Face eats mm-hmm. is a tiny little frog. Like, he's just a regular. He's not like a. But, uh, man, no, I just thought they were this weird people. <laughs> well, they're all spirits they're all they're all they're all kami they're all they're all different kinds of spirits that we would mm-hmm. probably know some of them or know of some of them if we were japanese mm. but yeah um i love that so many of his protagonists are young women um i think that's awesome <laughs> obviously um and i love that there, so many of them are like coming of age stories too yes and yeah, no, he is a huge fan. Um, oh, okay. This is another thing that I wanted to bring up with animation, but I forgot. But Howell's bedroom and bathroom. Do you guys remember that when you saw it? Yeah. That is that. Those scenes were really incredible. The bathroom. Yeah. When Sophie just uh, walks in and is like, because <laughs> it's just like <laughs> dye everywhere. But it's so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I did enjoy when she was finally cleaning out, like, the first level. Like, she got mad and took everything out and was cleaning. And you just see, like, all manner of rats and cockroaches. And and they're all just sort of gently leaving. But it's just like, that place was awful. Like, that was like a hoarder's home mobile. Like, that was real bad. Things are disordered. Mm -hmm. Well, when all you have is a, a fire demon and a child... Things can really get out of hand. Yeah, that's true. A child that can transform into an old man. <laughs> I I, or whatever will. that character was. Yeah, he's an <laughs> old wizard, a little old wizard. Um, I also, oh, also one of the things that I love are the little dust sprites. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. From Spirited Away, and then they're also in Totoro. And they're just so cute. Um, One, one thing I, I, this is, well, now we're just sort of, ramping off here um one thing that i always enjoy and uh this might be part of my gripe with spirited away is that uh there's a thing in world building where like you have an analog who doesn't understand what's going on and like through the the audience i really hate that uh Mm -hmm. and i felt like in howl's castle and in kiki's they're like oh this is just the way the world works this is normal to us there's no there's no surprise here for us but it, it just seems so like I don't know, it was really enchanting to sort of have the townspeople meet her as a witch, not having met one before, but, like, being like, oh, that's cool, and then, like, that being the end of it, you know, like, it's it's just sort of a an interesting way in how the, the world is perceived through the people in it, whereas I felt like in Spirited Away, it was more of, like, she went from our world to something else, you know, like, yeah. like it well, was... Yeah, she went to the spirit world. Right. But, like, she was in our existence as opposed to uh, the others, right? Mm. I feel. Yeah. I also have a theory about all these movies being in one world. Yeah, that's a theory. That's yeah, okay. That theory exists. Because, I mean, Howl's Moving Castle and Kiki's, like, you can draw a pretty straight line, I think, between the two. You know, oh, this one happens sooner than this one, but it all makes sense. Um, oh, you guys didn't watch Totoro, did you? No, I should. Okay, no. because there's actually an explicit thing. I won't. I won't. I'm not going to spoil it for you two. But we'll talk it's about it. Show's called Walk Walk by like... Kiki or something. No, there's a thing <clears throat> with the shoe that people think it's the shoe from Spirited Away. Anyway. Oh, okay. They're connected. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you guys would like to put a button on with these films? Um, uh, I, I I am going to watch more, yeah. and I will probably watch, I'll probably even rewatch the ones I've already seen, because even if, like, like even my, it, for me to say I didn't like one of them has been, like, uh, five days of thinking about it, which I think is, like, like that's the, the hallmark of what I think a good movie is. Mm. Yeah. Right? Like, like it, like, they, they have all affected me more than something i don't know something else we're going to talk about in a few minutes maybe not cars because i got a big problem with cars but um 
I, I like there's there's definitely something there, and it's really refreshing, especially coming from watching all of these kids Disney movies that are like super cut and dry mm. and animated because kids like animation, right? Like to do things for other reasons, I think is really interesting, and uh, like you know we were just talking about watching them. I probably will watch them in Japanese now that I haven't. Because maybe I'll, it would it would destroy me if I was like, oh, I hate the American one, but the Japanese one is great. Yeah. Like, if that's my if that's my line, but yeah, I want to keep learning more about the context of the films and then watch the watch more because there are like I think twenty five of them or something. Um, all the ones we talked about today mostly were all directed by Miyazaki, but there are also others. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just want to keep like learning more about it and kind of trying to change the context I see it in a bit and, and get some more of that understanding and and keep keep watching them because I just find them so nourishing to my soul, honestly. Yeah, I I also find them so like hopeful and I they really are a nice soothing bomb. Like in Howl's Castle or at the end the castle is reduced to like just two legs and a, like a raft and like a small flame and it but everyone just like keeps going um, out of just like hopefulness that something will save them or like they'll figure it out themselves. It's just like, it's so beautiful and so nice. You guys should, I, should definitely watch Totoro because it's so, so, so cute. Like it's so, it'll just make your heart feel good. And thank you for the suggestion to do this, Netflix. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> okay, so let's move along. Uh, let's w- get into what you're watching. Uh, Jeremy, we'll start with you because you didn't get one last week. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Um, so, okay. You guys, uh, I, I've, I've recently seen a film. It's, it's old. Uh, there are more of them. I haven't watched them. Uh, called Cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stars okay. Owen Wilson. Have, have you seen Cars? Yes. No. Okay. You guys, I have so many questions about how these cars live and operate that just are not addressed. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really just sweeping up. They, like they know they can't answer. Well, and, combustion and, is what I've heard. Well, that's, <laughs> well, maybe Sean, but we don't know. And, uh, you know, like I, I, I get what they're, they're trying to do, but like at one point a car gets into a trailer that's pulled by a truck and I keep trying to think of a human equivalent of that, and I don't think it exists. Pulling your friend in a Pig- wagon. Piggyback? Maybe. Yeah, I don't... I Maybe I'm... Piggyback might be close. Like, anyway. But um, I I feel like Cars is like the, the, the sort of unseen, like, horrible secret movie where if they were really to address how all the things in the world operated, it would be terrifying. And, like... Like, so for example, there's only roads in some places, mm. right? But if, if they were cars, like, wouldn't they have evolved to go on land? I have so many, th- I have hundreds of questions about cars, <laughs> and I'm never going to get any answers. No. And it, it kind of freaks me out a bit more than it should. Did you honestly. enjoy it, though? I don't know. I'm still <laughs> thinking it's, it's still, it's still, yeah, it's Rory watching it. So I'm usually putting it on to cook or uh, do something. But like, like, is, is the outside of a car, is he naked when he gets painted? Is that his, did he get a new body? Like, wow. what is going on? Like, is it like makeup? <laughs> like, what is happening? And if they just expressly, like, had a scene where one of the cars showered, that would be fine. But they don't. So it's like, I don't, it's, 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 I don't know. It's so far down the line of, like, trying to make a, an object human. And would they have anyway, to blur, it, like, a, I, like, a gas just, tank or something? If the, if I don't know, it's terrifying showering. to me. Anyway, uh, yeah, we watched Cars. Hilarious. We watched it a lot. Anyway. Wow. What else do you guys watch? Sonia, what have you been watching? Well, I watched all uh, nine episodes of a show that Sean talked about a few weeks ago called Legendary. Um, Legendary. I watched it in two sittings, like almost just one, but then I realized it was like three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, oh my God, I have to go to bed. Um (laughs) It's amazing. For those who don't know, it's um, a reality competition show about um, voguing and ballroom. Um, it is just so fun and so fabulous. And there are so many amazing performances. You just like fall in love with literally every performer, basically. Um, 
Yeah, I think you said this during the episode where you talked about it, Sean, but it just really drove home for me, like, how much of our culture is goes back to ball culture and uh, really the queer community and specifically the black queer community and just like how much stuff has evolved from that and we don't recognize it at all or talk about it but just like seriously so much stuff uh, originates there and it just is like so fabulous and fun and delightful and I really enjoyed it yeah especially how sassy the judges are oh my god that's what I was just about to bring up is the episode where Dominique was on um, she is an actress that's in Pose, and she appeared as a guest judge, and she, like, pulled out all the conventions of being a host. She, like, was rude to everyone. She took the mic away from the host, and yeah. uh, she, like, would get out of her chair constantly. She got in fights with everyone. It was Altercations. It was incredible. It was very, it was amazing. Yeah. Laomi Maldonado, who's like one of the icons of Ball, um, is one of the judges. And she and and Law Roach had this kind of running tension that I really loved. And then in one episode, basically every episode, the the host would introduce Laomi as like Laomi the icon. And then the one episode, I don't know if you noticed this, Sean, uh, Law Roach comes in with a cape that says, I am also an icon. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. Anyway, it's great. Everyone should watch it. He's a sass. A sassy little man. What about you, um, Sean? So for my watch watch it, I mentioned earlier, but I went to Jaws in theater, and it fully felt like it was the 70s, and uh-huh. <laughs> it was great. There was, like, teen, like some teens in the audience that had probably never seen it before, and yeah, it was, like, the opening of that film is so good and so... I had so much anxiety. I was like really freaked out. Have, was it have scary you seen on the Jaws before? Oh, sorry. It was. I have seen it before, and I did know most of the beats, but some of it I was like kind of shocked at. Mm. Um, and I listened to a podcast called Unspooled where they talked about Jaws, and they had some. They were like, "There's a point where the uh, Jaws like eats a child on a raft, and there's just like an explosion of like blood in the water." And apparently people just like ran out of the theater and barfed in garbage cans because it was so, they were so disgusted. But it's just so funny to think of how things have changed in cinema. Yeah. But yeah, it was so good. The first half is like a really good monster movie. And then the second half kind of turns into a Steven Spielberg adventure Mm. film. And it's like the music changes and it's kind of tonally a little weird. But uh, obviously still so much fun. Blockbuster fun. All right. I'd like to thank Saskatoon's the Garys for letting us use their song Manituna for our theme song. Thanks to everyone at CJTR and all of you for letting us your ears. The show is broadcast Wednesdays at 6, Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on the CJTR website, Spotify, and Apple Play. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so give us a follow and have a good night. Bye. 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 Uh, uh.